I'm gonna have to sing the intro song in my head. Be like, dur, 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 dur. oh wait, is that the difference? I think that's We've the had other season. Several, yeah. <laughs> also, hello. Dun 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 dun. I think that's this one. Dun 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 dun. Also, you just brought up that we're almost on book four. I don't even know. Maybe four or five more chapters. I think. Yeah, we are. We're nearing the end. I mean, every yes, time I pick are. up the book, I'm like, oh man, we're all the way like, and we. Still haven't got into another part of the main story web involving one of our Ms. trio. Granger. Ms. Granger. Ms. Hermione <laughs> Granger. <laughs> yes, yes. But we'll have to pick, you know, a new uh, new song and film a new intro. Yeah, that's that's the fun part. It's very exciting. Just picking a new song. I was talking about how uh, I was gifted the Goblet of Fire Illustrated Edition. Mm-hmm. From, uh, I think it was from Jerry and David. Well, it'll be interesting because we always knew that seasons four, five, six, and seven would be long. Yeah. What we didn't know is season three would also be long because of a writer strike. <laughs> is that what we're calling it? Sure, yeah, sure. The sure. pandemic caused a writer strike. Yes, it did. Yes, yes, yes. Among yes. The, we both went on strike. Among other things. And we're the only two people here, so you know, it yeah, had to shut I mean, down production. Have, <laughs> white Shadow Hello. When you only have a uh, operation of two people running... <laughs> it was it was it's, necessary, it's, it's but really happy to, to be back. Go into strike. <laughs> this is our third live one, I think. Right? Third? Yes, yes, it is the third live one. Fantastic! It's a great way to start Sunday off for us. Sunday morning, yeah. I have my coffee. We have little Winston. We have an intense chapter. We do to talk about. It's very intense. Very. Intense. I mean, I feel like it's been building up to building up in intensity, and now we're here, and it's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. I kind of feel like, well, we had a fun day yesterday. We did have a fun, fun day. We went wine tasting, um, kind of like in between Fresno and Sacramento, uh, and met up with Rita and Dan from Witches Unite, which if you watch one of her upcoming videos, you may see a familiar face. <laughs> <laughs> a stranger. Yeah, a stranger on the street. Um. Yeah, it's it's been pretty I mean, that was busy in mm. the sense of like it was a day trip. So like we went out there, hung out and then came back same day. Yeah. Um, But oh, yeah. I, overall, like this week has been pretty solid. I July has flown by. I keep saying that every oh, single month. So fast. This is the last week of July. And yep. then school I have to go back to work. Yeah. I mean, I've been working this summer, but it's it's different. It's it like is. I'm not responsible for classrooms of students right. and grading and assignments and like all that sort of stuff. Um, it's 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 a more focused of like, oh, I have a project that I'm working on and specific tasks that I do, so I have more flexibility for my streaming schedule. So uh, next month is uh, the start of, or I don't know, the start of. Getting back to whatever it is we're getting back to. <laughs> yep. Yep. Busy chaos. Universe. But it's fun. Yeah. Moving forward. Yep. And let's get into it. I mean, do, you, I, do you think that we will get in, we'll start Goblet of Fire? That's what I keep forgetting the checks. If we're going to start Goblet of Fire, like September 1st, you know, like mm. our, our school year is kind of like, oh, September I don't 1st. know. I didn't look at how many chapters there were. Okay. We're we're close. close. So we're, we're close to starting the next book Very close. with the new school year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. I see. Yeah. All right. Juan's ready? Juan's ready. Turn to page 358. The okay. Servant of Lord Voldemort. 
Today's lesson is called The Price of Loyalty. Here's a synopsis. Somewhat hard to write, I felt, but there you go. The chapter begins with Snape interrupting Lupin's story, triumphant that he has caught Black and Lupin. Our trio, now desperate to hear this story in its entirety, attack a deranged Snape who is planning to deliver Sirius and Lupin straight to the Dementors, and they incapacitate him. Lupin and Black continue the story, including how Black recognized Wormtail in the Weasley's Egypt photo. Sirius claims that Wormtail cut off his own finger as he killed those muggles and framed Sirius. He was terrified that Wormtail was positioned perfectly to attack and betray Harry at an opportune time, so he broke out of Azkaban by transforming into his padfoot form and slipping by the Dementors. When he arrived at Hogwarts, he befriended Crookshanks, who understood there was more to both padfoot and Wormtail. In final proof, Sirius and Lupin turn Wormtail back into Peter Pettigrew, Harry's father's old friend and the true betrayer of Harry's family to Voldemort. It turns out that Wormtail was hiding from the Death Eaters all these years, not from Sirius. The Death Eaters built conspiracies around Wormtail having given Voldemort information about the Potter's whereabouts that then led to his demise. Sirius and Lupin, having convinced Harry at last, prepare to kill Pettigrew before Harry intervenes. He insists that Pettigrew be captured instead and taken alive to spare his father's friends the pain of murder and to help clear Sirius's name. Okay, so these children must be like super processors because I'm imagining like even like we've been leading up to this and like Mm -hmm. each chapter is like, wait, what? Mm. How can you process all of this information and be like, okay, like Mm. let's make a decision or let's like, although I guess to be fair, both Ron and Hermione are kind of like, well, they attack Snape. Well, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So let's back up. So yeah. one of the quotes that I wrote down was from mm. Snape. And it was the, the line was, you're wondering perhaps how I knew you were here. And what I, what I wrote in my notes was, okay, so this seems like evil villain signaling. I always like talk about, you know, the, the, the sort of classic, like, oh, let me, let me, like, let me talk monologue. in this very, like, oh, I, I was here all along and monologue and whatever, although he doesn't quite do that. So I was thinking about that line specifically because it is kind of, like, a, a bit much. But I was thinking about it in terms of, like, to, well, also, like, you as a writer, like, writing dialogue and, like, because mm. to me it doesn't seem very realistic. But I... there are two... Just hate writing dialogue. Go on. <laughs> so that I had two trains of thoughts of like, either the line is meant to like fit in with this like, all these people in the wizarding world are quirky. They just talk weird, or they mm. talk very you know directly, or just just like in a, a way that doesn't. You seem... were wondering perhaps <laughs> yeah. how I knew you were here. Like I I can't see that happening in in real life, but maybe it's because it's the wizarding world and this is just how they are. I don't well, know. Well, it is generally true. That it's not always consistent that book dialogue sounds as good out loud as it does in your head. Yeah. There's something about the process of yeah. speaking that actually we speak quite differently than we do. people write. Yeah. And then the second thought I had was it could just be that it's like, because I think this happens a lot in the books if I'm reflecting on our past conversations, especially of dialogue. It's supposed to be kind of like... um more directed to the reader like 
the reader is thinking like because we've talked about these books are mysteries so if we're following along with the story and then we're like wait Snape, what are you doing here? So it's more to like draw attention to the fact that you, dear reader, yeah, perhaps yes, wondering exactly. But it's it's like this implicit sort of like, oh, I'm acknowledging, kind of. It's not exactly breaking the fourth wall because you, reader, would be breaking the fourth wall. But it's kind of like extending that, like, yes, you should. Uh, it should be expected that you were kind of wondering about the fact that Snape is here sort right. of thing. Right. But it was just, I don't know, it was a weird sort of thing where I was looking at that line and I was like, okay, Snape, <laughs> like, can you be a little more... Proud of yourself. Like a person? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then there was that subtle revelation in that discussion, whatever Snape said, that Lupin didn't take his potion. Yep. Lupin did not take his potion. Nope. Lupin did not take his potion, yep. and I'm like, "Oh no, we have it. We have nope. a ticking time bomb here. Nope. Something's gonna good. happen. It's Something's not, gonna happen. It's not good. It's not good." <laughs> but you know, everything else is so intense that it's not. I, that's not important. In fact, in the when we were doing last week's episode, it was something that stuck out to me where Lupin was describing how terrible his life was until this potion came around, and I was like, mm. "Dude, how could you not take it?" Come on. Yeah. Well, in the rush of the, like, I think that's, it's hard, it's hard to perspective take. That's actually the theme of like what all my notes, it's hard to perspective take for something that's so intense and so absurd. Yes, it is. But I could be wrong about this recollection. mm -hmm. I think Lupin says that he has to take it a week before, which means like. Oh, I didn't, I thought maybe it was a few days, but it could be a week. Yeah. Okay. So maybe there is a window of time and it's not. Either way, it's devastating. It's a <laughs> devastating lapse. Yeah. For somebody who's, you know, extremely responsible in general. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. It blows the whole plan up. Yeah. Anyway, that's next chapter. Yeah. Um, if I had to give a star to somebody, yeah. um, well, there, it's no secret that Hermione is like one of my favorite characters, but I'd give it to Hermione. Really? She's like, you like Hermione? <laughs> I mean, interesting. Never one. I'm trying to be Hermione All now. Right, Connie. <laughs> so she, she's just. It's it's amazing to me that okay, what are they? Thirteen years old. Mm. That she's so calm and able to like clearly get through. <laughs> she calls serious Mister Black. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> and was just like, like oh, she's so sweet, but what? she she bravely asked Snape she was like talking to him for she was the first person to like be like oh well would it do any harm to listen to them and mm-hmm. he just like lashes out I'm like oh gosh like he's never nice to her but she's still like she still tries because like that's her her guiding like she knows that it's right to to get more information it is yes for sure and it, but it is also useful in this chapter how JK Rowling um explicitly says that Snape has never been like this in front mm. of Harry. At yeah. Least. Yeah. So it separates a little bit like his hatred for Harry as kind of this like bubbling thing. Mm-hmm. That's like, he's very, um, what's the right word? Vindictive. Like he does yeah. like little things that are really cruel. Yeah. But in this moment, he is, he is deranged. Yeah, Snape has lost it. Well, and that's also He's like not the, in control. The lashing out is like you're in the way. Like this is well, actually, it's interesting to me that all of the adults are basically like that at the beginning of 
and each time they enter so like Sirius Lupin now Snape they're all just kind of like whatever like they're very emotionally we're, invested we're doing something here like y'all are in the way which to me is why it's so fascinating that Harry is able well okay to be fair the the situation changed once they the three of them like took out Snape but it's interesting to me that Harry was able to like sway their ultimate decision in the end because I I guess like it's hard for me to imagine we talk a lot about the adults how the adults treat the children in this series and sort of like oh like let's mm. withhold information like you don't know anything you don't understand but for this like in the end it ended up Harry was very important I mean too. that might be why they all three simultaneously decide to attack Snape because they finally are getting information and they want it. Hmm. I mean, it's it's insane that they attack Snape. I'm sorry, it's insane. It is. I don't. I get that. that he's threatening like Lupin and and Sirius. Well, okay, to be fair, they weren't trying to attack him. They were trying to uh, disarm, disarm him. Right. But the power of three teenagers. Goes the power of three. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And his head is bleeding, and I'm like, "Oh, dead." God. That wasn't the person we <laughs> thought was going to die. Immediately has a panic attack because she's yeah. like, "Oh no, yeah. can't do it." Or can't worse, it. expelled. Or worse, expelled. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Harry, Harry, but I am the chosen one. That's all I keep thinking about. I know it's from the movie, but like it's it, every time that I can make fun of Harry, even though he is pretty noble, but it's just funny to me because I'm like, how how can you be so brave? Like I don't, as someone who doesn't see herself as brave, like it just boggles my mind that people like take charge and is like, yeah, I'm gonna stand in front of Peter Pettigrew and and uh, once they fight. Although throughout the chapter, I was kind of like, Ron, just give them the rat. I kept saying that to you, just give them I the know. rat. It's been Ronald, long enough. Ronald Billius. Yeah, okay. he's, yeah. I think you can see, like, their, the trio's personality traits rising, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Ron is loyal. He's not going to believe this. Yeah. He, he's well, going to search through all these other strategies of, like, well, we took good care of him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's very interesting the way that because I was thinking about this also, especially with our bad plans D and D um, campaign because it I said like in the after show yesterday like it's pretty like explaining our situation we have we have a, a character who died and is now in a robot body that's like the TLDR but like that in and of itself is so ridiculous and so I was thinking about just the 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 telling of the actual truth that's mm -hmm. revealed over time and the the slow kind of acceptance of it that Harry seems to have. It, but it's like so interesting well, to me because like how do you how like the I think the way that it's it it makes sense that you're able to accept it rather than to be like, oh, this is too far out is that it's kind of that thing that who was I listening to? I was listening to somebody, I think it might have been a master class talking about the uh, suspense. And 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 like being able to write a story, especially things that are mysterious, like it's OK that the reader or the viewer is ahead of you. But like you want to be able to allow the satisfaction of like, oh, I, I understand it. I see it. I wasn't tricked like the mm -hmm. rug wasn't pulled out underneath me because you have all these little um, 
bits along the way. You have the Daily Prophet thing with the picture, which we knew about. It wasn't like we never knew about it. And then all of a sudden there's yeah. this thing that we never knew about. You have that. You have these like other little moments. Yes, yes. That I think what you're it. getting at is something we talk about a lot, which is why these books are so popular. Mm-hmm. And it, there's a lot of reasons, but one of them for sure is that J.K. Rowling is an exceptional mystery writer. Yeah. So I'm not sure what her strategy is, but I like to imagine that she envisions this scene at some point where it's like, there is going to be the revealed truth mm-hmm. where we have all these fictions, blah, blah, blah. It happens in all three of the books so far. Mm-hmm. The revelation that Voldemort is on Quirrell's head, the revelation <laughs> that Ginny opened the Chamber of Secrets, the revelation now that mm-hmm. Scabbers is Peter Pettigrew and all those other things that he did instead of Sirius. And I think that I, the only way that makes sense to me, and it, this is something that I try to do as well is like you have this revealed scene and then you have to think about like what clues can you drop you so you actually breadcrumb backwards it's not it's extremely hard Mm -hmm. trying to write linearly Mm -hmm. on a mystery i i think that this one is a little more in depth to me because you have two people that we don't really know sirius and peter pettigrew aka scabbers who are both saying the opposite thing. So they're both like, it's kind of like the, who do you believe and why? And so part of part of the way, especially in this chapter, the way that it's done is, is actually through Hermione, her character being like, well, if, uh, if this were the case, like why, why didn't Scabbers kill Harry? Like if he's been living here all along or like these questions or even like serious, how did you know that, this that or whatever how did you get out or whatever Mm -hmm. there's like these things which again like i think is in character for hermione or the way the hermione character is created like who she's supposed to be but also as like multi like it's a the use is to help catch us up or like fill in these again these anticipated questions of like wait a second like how can this be true and how can we like fill in those gaps it's interesting also because I'm thinking about Knives Out as like the way that that story is told, which is also a mystery um, and how we're able to like, because how do you replay? Um, we've talked about this like I think months ago. How do you replay previous scenes that you've seen in a movie or like in a movie form? Like you like replay the same thing, but then you kind of shoot from a different perspective or yeah. you see, but like this is a way or this to me remind or feels like that similar thing right. of replaying past things that we've seen, but it's done through this dialogue. That's yes. happening. And I wonder if what, what you're talking about might be summarized in this way is that there are pieces of, of evidence slash clues and there's, but they they have different strength. Yeah. And so you get like weaker breadcrumbs and then this final thing of like, well, let's transform him, right? And then all of a sudden the story seems much more likely because if this rat actually is a person, yeah, then we are like, well, that's, well, well, yeah. that's weird. Yes. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. There must be, an, there has to be an explanation for that. Yeah. And this is the only one that's an explanation for that rat being a human. Well, and there's like so, so like very, very, very specific details. Like, it, and it feels very realistic of like, you have to, you have to perspective take of like, 
when they showed Lupin or when Sirius showed, wait, did he have the picture? Yeah. The picture. And Lupin's like, the finger is chopped up. So like that specific detail that would have a very like important meaning to yes. him. Yes. And, you know, and mm -hmm. the difference between like, let's take Lupin would recognize Pettigrew as a rat. However, if Lupin, Lupin doesn't know in the way that Sirius knows that Pettigrew is alive. Mm -hmm. So even if he saw a rat and even if that rat was missing a toe. Yeah. It's not like he's on the lookout for a rat missing a toe. He thinks Pettigrew is dead. Yeah. So he might not even, it's that perspective as you're saying and like the focus where your attention would go. So like I'm imagining if Lupin sees this photo, he doesn't even look at the rat. It's not important to him. It's not relevant in any way. Right. But Sirius would be like, there's a rat in this picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I hate rats. Yeah. You know, type of thing. I mean, it's been his singular thought yeah. for so long. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's really, it's really, really good. I mean, it really is. And the whole, like, how it all kind of comes together of, serious thinking it was lupin and lupin thinking it was serious and like yeah. all this stuff and it just really intense yeah um so i i wrote well okay there's a couple things that i wrote like uh one was about secret keepers because i don't know i don't think we've talked about secret keepers on the podcast have. so far um but this is this as being an important piece of the bigger story, the history and the bigger story, because that's kind of like the sort of like, oh, we did this. And so because it, it's it's still hard for me to. Well, I guess it's not hard, but it's just like it's interesting to put into perspective because there's a callback here. He's like, oh, he said he killed my parents. And then there's like that the further exposition that's like, well, let me tell you what I mean by that. And so Sirius basically feels responsible. Right because of this secret keeper thing where basically you are bound by this uh fidelius charm is actually what it's called specifically mm -hmm. um it's what it's what it sounds like you keep secret a, a secret and um it's this magical binding that happens that you can't do it's interesting because like you can't you can't just like be tortured and get the information out it has to be if you reveal the information it has to be voluntary it can't be forced. really However, however, that's such an imp okay. However, it says on the Wizarding World web website, in spite of the fact that the secret can only be be given up voluntarily, many have been subjected to the imperious and cruciatus curse curses in an effort to make them share their information. So it doesn't prevent people from like doing it. But well, this is really interesting because if that is true, mm -hmm. then Sirius's logic is very bad. Mm. Because to me, it always read as I made Pettigrew the secret keeper mm -hmm. because Voldemort will expect me to be the secret keeper, find me, and extract the information. Yeah. But he won't look for Pettigrew. But if it's true that even if he was found and even if he was tortured, it wasn't possible to give up the information, then he should have just stayed. As the secret keeper. Yeah, it's interesting because I think that his logic was more like, let's make it more difficult for them to even 
find someone that they can extract information from to begin with whether or not like I don't know to what extent people understand like what it means for being a secret keeper because there's there's multiple things involved because one of the things that both I think both Sirius and Lupin say to Peter Pettigrew is kind of like well you should have died for them Mm -hmm. we would have done that and it's interesting because it's like I don't know. That's like a hard. That's a harsh thing to like say to somebody, and to to presume that you would do something like that. Pilots. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's 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 very interesting because all of this like hatred and disdain and all of this is like in part because of something that did happen, but also in part of some sort of like oh we could have avoided it. Like there could be a reality where they didn't die. When we don't even know if that's the case. We right. don't know if... So, somehow this you know. would have broken. I, I think, yes, that's a really good point. And I also think like the hindsight that Sirius is describing is also useful where he's like, I should have known. I should have known. We knew there was a spy close to the Potters. Mm-hmm. I should have known it was you because of all these personality traits right. that I know about you. Yeah. And, but... but the reality, and I think this is what you're getting at, is like it's not worth, to some extent, it's not worth the fact that Sirius has probably tortured himself over this because you can't possibly go back and mm-hmm. make a different decision. You made the decision that you made based on all of the facts and all of the circumstances around you. Mm-hmm. You can you couldn't know everything. So, but but it is really useful to describe like who Pettigrew is. It's a tough needle to thread, right? <laughs> Why somebody is would make this type of decision, how it how it could get into the hands of somebody who would betray them. Yeah. And what is the logic behind it? I think it's it's really really interesting. It's always for me been fairly satisfying as an explanation of like, well, we were doing kind of a double bluff and mm-hmm. turned out we screwed ourselves because we trusted the wrong person. Yeah. Which I mean, if you're working for so this is this actually reminds me of Wizards Unite of like okay like Gareth Greengrass is uh, spoiler alert the bad guy a bad guy one of many I think but there's no way that you could have right 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 you can't be like oh we should have known we should have like done this that or whatever like I don't know it's too like they're too they're also very smart sometimes you don't honestly. know things until you know them yeah right it's you can speculate you can't pretend that like oh well we are because we're the good people that we're better and smarter and like you're especially if there's like i don't know like people are people well this is (laughs) yes and this is a really common thing with regret and hindsight Mm -hmm. where you look at the world as if you can manipulate this or like you look at the world as if time didn't exist Mm -hmm. so you say like i've just learned this new fact and therefore my past self should have acted as though they knew this fact but they don't so you don't know that Pettigrew is the betrayer. They didn't know that Pettigrew is the betrayer. So they didn't act as though they knew it because they didn't know it. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because Hermione reacted the same way a couple chapters ago when uh, she was like, oh, you were a werewolf. Like, I, mm. you know, because it's kind of like, yeah, it, it's interesting because it's interesting to have hunches or like some sort of gut feeling and then being like, well, I should have acted on that. But if we... I don't know. Like, if we acted on every sort of inclination we ever had, then that's that's also can be destructive. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just have to make a choice and move forward. Yeah. Because ultimately, it's like, well, 
the Potters were going to have a secret keeper. So, right. Because I think we'll learn in this book, in fact, that Dumbledore volunteered to be the secret keeper of their location as well. Oh. I think. I could, I mean, Mom, I mean, oh. it's been a while since I read this book, but I'm pretty sure that that is coming. We'll see. Man. I can never be a spy. Like <laughs> that's too much. That's too much work. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I can't be deceptive. This is why I'm, I'm also somewhat bad at Among Us. Like I, I just, yeah, I, no. I, I can't. No, no, no. Do it. I find no like no desire whatsoever to want to even remotely do work yeah, that's related it's to against being a spy. <laughs> your nature and probably mine as well yeah to be deceitful i can barely keep a secret when i like make a video and be like okay i'm not gonna post this for a day like be like i can't again i need to tell everyone what i did yep <laughs> I, I would be a very spoilers <laughs> very very bad spy uh dementors can't see that's also something that I, um, which I mean, I guess if you looked at the imagery of what a Dementor looks like, like where are the eye holes? Like they're. <laughs> it would be really funny if they just had regular eyes. Or if they just like see through their taste. They're, they're, you know, like the, the little, the mouth thing, or if we can call it a mouth, I don't know. Like mm -hmm. now I'm like Dementor anatomy. <laughs> what are you? How do you, how do you exist? I also laughed a lot at the, the sort of, I was reading it as sort of like a like glee. Maybe that's not the right word or tone, but when uh, Sirius and Lupin are like, "Shall we kill him together?" Mm. <laughs> and I'm just like, "Yes." Well, the level of our friendship—it's super kill intense. I mean, really, like it is so. Everything happening is so intense. That's what I'm saying. These are matters these of life and death. Kids be like, "Oh, no, okay, yeah, this right. is like what's happening <laughs> in front of us right now." Yeah. Which yeah. actually well, is you know, interesting. It was interesting to me the reactions already to, seen people die. <laughs> to to Peter Pettigrew begging for mercy for each mm -hmm. of them. It was interesting. Um, Ron, I could understand. Like you're finding out that this rat that you loved as a pet was actually this man that's standing in front of you, just posing as a rat. Like I would be disgusted as well, being like, "How dare you!" Like betrayal sort of thing. Hermione, I didn't quite see her reaction she reacted in a similar way of just like it's kind of like it's so interesting of like the disgust that has been thrown around just in this scene like a scene meaning like the last three chapters because you have like the werewolf yeah. thing i mean Pettigrew is the worst he is the worst <laughs> but at the same yeah. time like i feel that hermione out of the three of them is very outwardly empathetic like harry is too to some extent um, because he's like he is driven by his like right and wrong sort of thing of like even though a lot of bad things happen to him or have happened to him he seems to always come or his decisions seem to be like okay this is like this doesn't not in vengeance sort of thing like it, it, it's not until later that we see glimpses even though we did I guess see the sort of like he wanted to kill Sirius Black sort of thing, like moment that he had but um, I don't know. Hermione's reaction to me, I guess if like if I think about it, it's it's more it would be more of shock of like I'm gonna get away because I don't wanna like I don't wanna be part of this. Um, but then like Harry being like, let me jump in front like he he kind of like he understands the situation, he understands what's going on. He's had a lot thrown at him because he went from like 
Sirius, you killed my parents, and Sirius saying, I don't deny it, which is not a very good thing to say, Sirius. Like, be more, like, nuanced with the things that you're saying. Maybe say that at the end of this. Come on. So, Um, yes, in a way, I killed your parents. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Yeah, and then for Harry to just be like, no, this is not... And it's also interesting to me that he, his verbalized explanation is pitting it on his father or is talking about his father because so, so this is like a thing for me that I still don't quite understand although we talked about it last time of like Harry has this idealized notion of his parents right so like to me it's also interesting because he like puts it on them even though he's he doesn't really know his parents like that's the thing that's the thing that's always gotten me about Harry Potter as a person is like but you don't know your parents like I don't but Harry's but- dad uh-huh. to harry yes wouldn't yes. want this yes the way that whether harry, or not it's true that harry thinks that because we i is. think yeah. uh-huh. i think we know that uh-huh. james might be like no kill him the actual james you, no that's it, what, kill that's him, what kill i was thinking right. too like so yeah. you have sirius and lupin being like yeah that was the the line of like let's shall we kill him together i think yes. i also think uh, it's so fascinating to me because it kind of makes me feel so like Harry's parents for I mean, it, I I don't know whether it's good or bad in the long run, because there's no other way for him to know his parents. But like the idealized form of them makes him do good things. And so it's yes. interesting because it's sort of yes. this like it he kind has a of, grounding. Yes. It, but it reminds me sort of of like. I don't know, somewhat like religion or like thinking about like this sure. higher being, a, a higher being that is of good or like the way that a people role can model conceptualize good. That doesn't need to that exist. Does, yeah, doesn't right. need to exist. Yeah. I hadn't, I don't think I've seen or I've thought about Harry and his well, relationship was well, to his parents. It was well stated because I had never thought about the actual James. I had all, always taken for granted that what Harry said is like, true yeah. and rings true with them but i think they are also probably suffering from this idealized version of james well james was a was so wonderful yeah and therefore of course he wouldn't you know but but when we actually see actual james yeah it's not clear that uh you know that's true at all he's much more similar to Sirius, you know yeah it's very interesting also now that i'm thinking about it a little bit more that people do this in life anyway when someone passes away, people? no, <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, okay. But people, people do this like, oh, this is not what X would have wanted, mm. even though they're, sure, they're sure, not sure, alive. Sure, sure it's, yeah. It's interesting the way that we do that. I mean, it's not, it's not often it's speculation. The way that I often see it is not in a like manipulative or malicious way it's sort of like oh no we idealize the version we need someone else to kind of be it's kind of like distancing a little like we need someone else to help like make the the right decision Ah. so let's call on or let's uh do like a discursive calling on someone else in a good name i think this is really common it's like externalizing the morality Mm -hmm. right as opposed to actually searching within yourself for why you don't think Peter Pettigrew should be killed yeah. or why murder is a bad idea. You externalize it to like, well, oh, somebody else would have thought it was a bad idea. And that person is somehow more important than our present yeah. uh, opinions. Yeah. It's super And then intense. they go along with it. They're yeah, like, it's, okay. It just, and I'm like, it's really wait, intense. what? You it's just really wanted intense. to murder him like two seconds ago. But I, it, I thought it was very interesting to me that they were like, Harry... Mm-hmm. 
basically saying, Harry, uh, like you have the most say, like you have the right. If anyone has the right, it's you, Harry. So we're going to defer to you, even though you're yeah, a Harry, 13, why don't you kill him? 13 year old kid. Like we're going to just we're going to respect what you want. And I think that's really for for people who obviously have such an intense uh, past relationship and a lot of pain dealing with this situation. Well. It's probably also working in the opposite direction for them, that they idealize Harry, right? Because he is who he is to them. And this crux of sort of everything in their world in some way is like shifted because of this person. he's like the last remaining like remnants of, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) of James and Lily. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of of emotion going on here. Yeah. And it gets super interesting as we learn more about Sirius and like how he runs away from home and he lives with James and his pa- James's parents, which would be Harry's grandparents. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's just really interesting. The last, I mean, I'm happy to keep going, but one thing I would like to add on is like how the simplicity, the simple brilliance of making Sirius form a dog <laughs> who's known for loyalty and scabbers a rat who is yeah. like, at least colloquially used as somebody who like uh, betrays or is sort of sniveling. Well, last time we learned that animagus form, you don't choose the animagus form. Right, it's right. based on right. something. But J.K. Rowling chose them. Poor to and you. it's so yeah. fun. It's so perfect. It's just so simple. Yeah. Oh, just in case you were wondering who <laughs> is telling the truth, this guy's a dog and this guy's a, a, a rat. Yeah. And we even gave you an intermediate cat to be sure which one to trust Uh just yeah like she's she's very clear in resolving this mystery Mm -hmm. right of like you may have had questions but for sure what you're about to hear Mm -hmm. is true and here's all the reasons why you need to be sure that it's true yeah the last thing i have is Mm. about So I I keep talking about things that things that I like, not everything I directly relate to. And so it's hard. So some things are like intriguing to me because I'm like, I don't have this personal experience. But Mm. I was thinking about uh, going back to Snape um, and his like sort of, uh, you know, attitude towards Sirius and all this. And like what I wrote was like, well, Snape knows that Sirius is Bellatrix's cousin, right? Like, you know, family the wizarding world is small. Like, that's one one thing. Is like these. There's these like very like. There's a focus on families, family names. You have the sacred twenty eight. You have this like. Yeah, he definitely is, knows the black who is family who and whatever. Sure. But the thing that I I find I don't know not I don't know what if, I just don't have this personal experience of like having you know knowing families that have a long legacy of like oh my family and my my like ancestors and whatever know this family and their ancestors and all this and like yeah. you know the the names that we Oh you have. know the Ericsons? <laughs> yeah exactly like mm-hmm. how I met your, or yeah how I met your mother with like the Ericsons and St. Cloud and whatever like one I'm too transient and two the world is too big so like why yeah. would you have these like like I, I I didn't grow up in a small town or a place where people everyone knew each other and that sort of thing so it's interesting to me because I feel like the way I make sense of these interactions is more intense because you have this history. And also mm. like the way that I like, if I know that going back to Wizards Unite, 
the as soon as I heard the name Greengrass and I was like a story uh-huh. of Greengrass, then yeah. it was like this connection of being like, okay, this is who you are. And we've talked about this in previous episodes of like what what it means to be a potter like for Harry and and because it's such a small wizarding world and the way that they perceive each other and then the fact that it's weird that Sirius ends up being who he is and we'll eventually find out more about the way his family relates the to him The luck that Lupin's last name is Lupin. <laughs> <laughs> Let's name our kid Remus. No, okay. Um, yeah, no, totally. It is an interesting <laughs> aspect of it and it is particularly uses the fact that there aren't that many wizards yeah and witches right mm-hmm. yeah because if there were it'd be like yeah because we kind of get it actually at times i think in the um fantastic beasts series yeah of movies where it's Lead like well i don't know each other <laughs> like especially across the pond it's like oh, well, you I know, I don't, yeah, who yeah. is this guy yeah. who is this person you know who knows <laughs> whereas in britain they probably know Newt, right, yeah. in general, because mm-hmm. he went to Hogwarts and there's only like, it always, yes, it always is very interesting to me, like the, the cohort size at Hogwarts is very small. It is very small. It's usually like 12 per house, about 50 people-ish. Yeah. Some, it's, I'm just estimating. Well, it's also like, so like the Weasleys, for example, like everyone knows who the Weasleys are because there's like seven kids and right, whatever right, but right, then right. but there's not just that but we talked about this also there's like their parents went to hogwarts with each other right. so you have these like continued like i don't know i just don't have that personal experience right because because of the reasons i stated but yeah so that always um i don't know it throws me off a little and i'm like okay i mean i go along with it because like these are can you imagine like being introduced to an entire world the size of our world and having to be like, wait, who's who? And this person moved over there. You know, like it would be too much to, to process. You're a black. I understand. <laughs> I know who you are. I know who you Brother of Regulus. Yeah. Ah, yes. Okay. Well, now I remember. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it is kind of interesting. Yeah. All right. Well. That was great. That's all that I have. I didn't peek at the next chapter title. Did you? I did not look. No. Okay, but well, I guess it'll be a surprise. I think, yeah, it's not good. It's, it's not, not a good, good chapter. And we still are waiting for Hermione's Hermione's revelation part of this story, mm-hmm. which you know mm-hmm. will explain a lot. All right. Until next time. Wandretti. Wandretti.